live just give me one second and we are going live now okay okay sean we're live yes yes we are okay all right thank you everyone uh for your patience um we're gonna call this meeting to order it is thursday february i believe 8th every february 8th Wow, time is flying. Um, and this is the uh, City College uh, Board of Trustees Budget and Audit Committee. Um, Grace, could you please call the roll? Certainly. Um, Chair Chanel Williams. Present. Trustee Solomon. Present. Trustee Martinez. Present. You do have a quorum. Thank you. Thank you so much, Grace, and thank you, everyone. This is <laughs> the worst time for me to be chairing this meeting. My laptop is having some issues, so hopefully I can get it resolved and get on camera. Um, so we'll now move to public comment, and this is public comment on items that are not on the agenda. Do we have any public comment, Grace? We don't have public comments. Okay, thank you. Um, and then we'll move to approval of the minutes from October 13th. Um, I know uh, Trustee Solomon and Trustee Martinez, you are not here for this meeting, um, but I do. we do need a vote. So um, if you could just review the minutes and if you feel comfortable um, there, I'll take a motion. Did we lose someone? Or? No, uh, I think folks are reviewing the minutes. Um, and then I can't make a motion as chair. So I would need a motion from Trustee Solomon or Trustee Martinez. I can second the motion. I move uh, the approval of the minutes. All right, so moved by uh, Trustee Martinez. Is there a second? Or I will second, I'll second it. <laughs> so uh, we'll take a, a roll call vote at this time, Grace. Unless there's public comment. Um, Chair Williams, oh, I, oh, uh, Trustee Solomon, yes. Yes, I I didn't know if I I raised my hand. Oh, I'm sorry, you're having laptop problems. You wouldn't yes. have seen that. <laughs> I'm calling for my phone. <laughs> I'm just trying to be a good student. Uh, I I had read the minutes earlier, and I um I just have a really this is just a point of information. Um, in terms of the uh, amendments to Board Policy 8.01. If I could just, uh, it was discussed at the last committee meeting. What is um, the status on the amendments? I, my understanding, and I may be wrong, is that uh, it hasn't gone to the full board yet. Is that correct? Um, you mean the accountability amendments that proposed by Chair Wong? Uh, yes, yes, Chair. My understanding, Chancellor Martin, is that uh, uh, President Wong hasn't uh, brought that to for full vote to the board at this time. Is that correct? I think it should be agendized. Uh, thank you, uh, Chair Williams. Let me go back and, and double check the record, but I do believe at some point uh, in early, or excuse me, late uh, last fall, uh, the board did consider and I believe uh, approve uh, the changes to board policy 8.01, but we can check that uh, for the record. Oh, yes, we did. Was that where we discussed, um, we had an extensive conversation on sort of language um, 
I remember around um, like um, in terms of uh, yeah, there was I, I remember some of that where he it, brought it, in. And yeah. I will I will triple check uh, before the end of the meeting, but I, I do believe it uh, occurred at the budget uh, committee meeting of the whole. Uh, yes. At the same time, the final budget was approved for 22-23. Prior to that item, I believe the board uh, approved the uh, board policy 8.01. Okay, thank you so much, Chancellor Martin. Uh, Trustee Solomon? I, I um, was curious. I don't know if what I have is, I assume what I have is the final version from the website. I, I had some questions and suggestions, but if it's too late to make those, I'll figure out another way to approach it. Yes, we would need to agendize it. Uh, so this is just approval of minutes, um, but we could at another time come back and, and put it on the agenda for the committee um, to review. Uh, would that be would that be okay? Or maybe bring it to the full board. We could talk to President Wong to have that for the full board since we have new membership. That'd be great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Trustee Solomon. Uh, so Trustee Martinez has moved and I have seconded. Um, is there any public comment, Grace? No, there's none. Okay, we'll go to a roll call vote. Uh, Chair Williams? Aye. Thank you, Trustee Solomon? Aye. Trustee Martinez? Aye. Motion approved, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, we'll now move to item four, reports, and I will turn it over, over to Vice Chancellor Alamine. All right. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for your attendance. If uh, Grace, if you'll please pull up our monthly report. I know for Trustee Solomon Martinez, um, we have, uh, it was requested last year, we used to provide this report simply in the yearly format, looking at where we were year to date. And we've made some modifications upon requests from constituent groups to include the prior year so that there can be at least a review uh, of where we are in current year compared to past years. So you'll see that trend continue um, with the remainder of our financial reports. Um, as reported at the last board meeting, we run, uh, we run our reports normally after the conclusion of uh, Friday, normally Friday afternoon. Um, part of our process, uh, we process checks for payment and invoices normally on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So we run reconciliations on Fridays to provide the board with as much updated information as we can. Um, this report was run as of the 6th of February, um, which means we still have some January items um, that are still in the process of being reconciled and that's both for revenue and for expenditures um, for areas where we do have uh, wages and some benefit costs, some of those are reflected in the numbers that you see for January, but we still have some closing items for January that we're processing. So you will see those updated in the report, which will come to you in February. Um, as reported the last meeting revenue, we're still um, given the timing between the city and county. Um, we still are uh, anticipating the parcel tax revenue for the first half of the year, um, but Notwithstanding that, our revenue from state apportionment um, and other allocations, um, we are on track and have basically received a little less than half of the revenue that's anticipated for the year. 
Again, the only difference being the parcel tax. So I wanted to know, uh, I know hopefully you've had a chance to review if there were any questions regarding any of our anticipated revenue to date or for the rest of the year. Okay, seeing none, um, we'll move down to certificated uh, salaries. And I know there've been questions about um, budget transfers and the process of how these move. We have, as you can see, we have approximately seven major expenditure categories. And when I say major, um, the, there's the 1000 series, which is in our budget and accounting manual as certificated salaries. The 2000s are considered classified salaries. 3000s include all of our benefit lines. Um, 4000s deal with all of our operational supplies. 5000s deal with our uh, different services that we procure. They can range from consulting um, to travel for professional development, legal, um, our utilities costs. Um, and then, of course, we have a capital outlay, which is 6,000s for equipment. And then our last item is our transfers out. And as spoken to previously, we do transfers to certain sub-accounts within the general fund. Those accounts uh, are the self-insurance fund. OPEB, cafeteria, and bookstore, and we have annual transfers to those accounts. They are within the general fund, um, but they are sub-accounts, and we highlight them differently so that we can account per the budget and accounting manual for certain expenditures to ensure that there is sufficient funding um, to cover those specific costs because we don't want them at least hidden within the operational costs of the district we try to deal with those and make sure those are dealt with separately, um, particularly as they pertain to risk and our other post-employment benefits. Um, so that's why those are transfer outs and the same for cafeteria and for the bookstore. There are health and retirement liabilities that are associated with the bookstore. And for the cafeteria, that's an operating fund that allows the uh, instructional program um, to operate the two different units that they have and provides them with uh, instructional supplies as well as other operational expenses related to that operation. So those are kept as separate funds. So, but they are as sub funds of the general fund, we report it in the line item of the 7,000 series, which is included as a transfer op. Um, for our certificated salaries go, we are spending or trending a little bit lower year to date than what we did last year. Of course, that's the result of a few items. We do have some vacant faculty vacancies. Um, we also are in the process, if you can see from some of the budgeted amounts and the expenditures to date, we still are reconciling this. Positions at the beginning of the year set up according to uh, the different fund sources, which, or the different areas, which are supposed to be associated with some position authority. Um, sometimes that changes frequently. Sometimes it remains the same throughout the year. Um, so we're still working between Office of Instruction and the Budget Office to reconcile where some of the uh, position authority or the fund code should be so that we can make sure as we set up next year's budget, um, we have all of those sufficiently aligned. Um, given what we had beginning this year, we anticipated that of the responsibilities for faculty, 22 million would cover 
all of our instructional faculty costs. Um, to date, we've spent roughly about 16.5 million. Um, we've also anticipated that we would spend 17 million in non-teaching and in the 1200 line year to date, we've spent roughly about five. So we will be underspending in that particular line item due to the fact that some of the assignments that should be associated with that are probably in another fund category, which we will need to reconcile before year end, as we, particularly as we prepare for next year's budget. So there will be transfers within this category in order to align that. But as you can see, of the 62, almost 62.6 million that we have allocated for this expenditure category, as of the end of January to date, we've only spent 32.6. So we're well within the threshold of what we've anticipated for the budget year. So there are no outside of moving money between the, the classification object codes. Um, we don't have any serious discrepancies that we anticipate before the end of the year. And it's similar with the classified salaries. As you can see, we budgeted in that expenditure category, roughly 41.7 million. And as of the end of January to date, there is a payroll that's upcoming um, that will hit. Um, we've only spent 18.1, but as you can see last year, we spent roughly about 20. 0.5 at the same time last year. So there's a payroll that we're expecting to hit that's missing from this amount. So if we do spend give or take and everything should be consistent, um, we should spend around $20,000, $20 million, I'm sorry, in this category, again, keeping us well within the budget allotment that's been specified for the year. Uh, we do have no major issues with uh, benefits, if there's a concern that you may have over the 3400 line, there is an expenditure that we incur in June. It's for our other post-employment benefits. It's roughly about 10.8, almost $11 million. So that is a charge which will come at the end of the year. You'll see it in June, because as you can see year to date, we've spent roughly $8.4 million for this line. So essentially, the $10 million adjustment that comes at the end of the year should take us to the full budgeted amount. So that's one of the major, I would say major, but one of the discrepancies you'll see in what's been budgeted and what's been expended year to date. I have a general question just in terms of uh, making sure I understand the budget and how it's formatted. And yep. that is, is there is there a way that I'm not figuring out to see when there's a transfer out where it goes. Um, and for example, and, and, and if I've got this all wrong, I'll need help with this. Just as an example, under September 22 for transfers in, there's uh, $120,500 in the negative. So first of all, is that a transfer out? And if so, is there a way to understand where it went? That's not a transfer. Uh, well, actually that's a, an adjustment based upon the in, transfers which were anticipated to come in. Um, there was, so essentially a negative with a positive would be in, 
insertion or a debit. And a credit means that we had uh, we had an adjustment that needed to have been made in that line. For example, a transfer that was anticipated was smaller than what was anticipated. So therefore it would require us to make an adjustment. And given this, the timing of it for this particular transfer for 22, um, I would need to get into specifically what area this was for, but it normally, when you see these small adjustments such as this, um, the main item that we had, because as you can see what we had budgeted was roughly a $1.9 million transfer in, which was anticipated from our HERF account. Um, which we have not, and normally that's a year-end adjustment item once we anticipate what our revenue is for the year. But that essentially is just a, a clarifying clearing adjustment, and sometimes those happen. So um, we can go in, I can go and pull some detail if you like um, as to what the adjustment was, but we do make minor adjustments based upon uh, either the anticipated amount was larger or smaller. And because our books go from month to month and we make it, and sometimes we have adjustments that you may see for January, we might make an adjustment that might have occurred back in November and or November or December, you would see those adjustments on those lines. So it's just a matter of us basically doing budget clearing and adjusting where money might, in fact, in one case, maybe revenue could have been posted to a different account and it should have, it should not have, maybe it was, should not have been posted there or was posted erroneously and rather than put it in, they would take it out. So it's just a accounting adjustment, but I'd be happy to get more detail on that specific item if you would like. I think just in terms of uh, learning exactly how to read it, that would be helpful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Sure. Cancel. Is there any additional questions? I do <clears throat> want to um, ask Vice Chancellor Alamine, Alamine if there's a possibility um, in the future, given that we have you know a decent sized uh, new membership, to maybe do a overview of sort of the the principles, practices, the ways that the budget is sort of um, generated and how it's managed. Just um, kind of walking through those pieces. I, I don't. I think the CCLC conference would not be pertain wouldn't pertain specifically to how we. Uh, manage the budget at City College. So I think it'd be great um, to have that download. I know you did that with us a few times prior. Um, so if that's possible in the future, I would love for us to do that. I know that there's like the the Chancellor's Office kind of guiding principles for most uh, CFOs, but if we could just go through that for everyone, that'd be great. No, Trustee Williams, that's an excellent suggestion. I'd be happy to set something like that up. Um, I'll work with the Chancellor and see what we can do about scheduling something like that soon. Great, thank you, Vice Chancellor. Any other questions or comments? All right, do you have anything else for us, Vice Chancellor Alamein? Um, No, everything is pretty, uh, as far as our trending goes, um, we're trending as projected, which again is a good thing. Um, there isn't anything that we have significant um, that stands out. What we share with the district, uh, Trustee Martinez and Solomon is our rolling cash balance because part of one of the reasons why uh, a reserve or a cash reserve uh, is necessary and that's in order for us to be able to timely or pay our bills timely. Um, there are times as you can see ebbs and flows that we are cash deficient. 
Um, one of the things that a cash balance does, particularly a reserve balance, it allows us to float these expenditures, if you will, um, until either revenues come in um, or expenditures. Um, we kind of manage expenditures that we pay based upon cash. But as of January, uh, we were cash deficient roughly about $7 million. Again, anticipating that uh, we would receive roughly about $9 million to keep us, if you will, in the black. Um, but the county treasurer's office um, adjusts and we move money between various accounts in order to make sure that our bills are paid timely so that we're not in arrears. But it's one of the reasons we keep tracking it, um, making sure that we have sufficient cash flow. Because as you can see, there are times when, and there were times in prior years where <clears throat> we could have been anywhere running $16 million um, cash short in uh, a cash shortage um, was almost routine and consistent. Um, but we've gotten out of that practice and we do have sufficient cash now to help us float and cover our normal operational expenditures, which is very important. But with that, I had no uh, further uh, clarifying information or anything else, unless there were some additional questions from the trustees. I am not seeing any hands at this time. So Grace, if you could go back to our agenda. Thank you so much, Vice Chancellor. Thank you, Trustee Williams. Um, oh. And thank you because you know it's it's nice actually to be able to report. Normally, I'm the I'm the budget doom and gloom guy. It's nice to actually be able to report <laughs> yeah. some positivity for once. And it's nice to get good news. <laughs> it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> On both ends. Yes, it is. All right. Thank you so much. So um, we'll now go to future agenda items, and I want to turn it to my colleagues, uh, Trustee Martinez and Trustee uh, Solomon. Oh wait, Vice Chancellor. Yeah, I, 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 I hate to interject, Trustee Williams. Oh. I have one more piece of good news to also share. Oh, okay. Wonderful. Yes. It's <laughs> the it. annual audit. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's good. It's good news. Good news. It's good? Right. Okay. Yeah, it's good. Great, this, great, yeah, great. This, this is good. Um, our audit and, and some of you in, for the new trustees, normally our audit is completed. It goes from a period of uh, mid-September, October, November, um, and it normally comes to the board in December, no later than January. Um, because of COVID in many districts that um, are given our adjustments and ebbs and flows of some things, we the budget audit normally now is completed around January and we report out in February and that's for guidance and approval from the state chancellor's office, which is why you're seeing this uh, in February. Um, there are a number of past audit items that were in the prior year budget um, with the collegial cooperation of not only our faculty, staff, and administrators, um, this year we have been able to present to you a audit report that has no findings for the prior year. Woo! Um, this is something from my understanding, um, and I'll have the chancellor fact check me if I'm incorrect, um, but this is something that has, hasn't happened in at least two decades. So this is a very positive um, report for the district. One of the major things, um, if you can click on Grace and go to uh, 
I believe we are at, and it's in regards to our ongoing concern, which affects accreditation. Um, this is reflected in our report. And we'll go over a little bit of detail when the auditors make the presentation about our OPEB liability, because our liability did go up. Um, and I know there are some concerns about what we have in our OPEB trust and the like, and how do we fund future liabilities. But it is a concern because we're, we're woefully underfunded for our OPEB liability, which the impact to operational expenses is the larger amount that we have to pay for service charges um, and the like, it then affects our routine operating budget, which we want to reduce that impact because as those numbers and that amount can change, it can seriously impact what we do operationally, which is why we try to put money aside um, when feasible into the trust account to help reduce our liability. And if there are overages or expenditures in the OPEB, that are higher than usual, then we basically take money from that fund to cover those costs rather than having to cover them from the general fund, which is, again, one of the reasons why we have reserves and one of the reasons why we have these sub accounts is so that we make sure that we have sufficient funding in those accounts so that when necessary, we can assign those expenditures there and they don't touch our general fund bottom line. Um, if you can go to page, I believe it's 97, Grace for the document. <clears throat> and this is a summary of the auditor's report. We have an unmodified report, which is good. Um, the internal control, there are no material weaknesses that have been identified. There are no significant deficiencies that were not considered to be material weaknesses. None are reported. And there's no non-compliance material to our financial statements. All of these are positive. Same for our federal awards, our internal control over major programs, no material weaknesses were identified, no significant deficiencies were reported. We received an unmodified report and there are no audit findings that are required to be reported. So all of these things are positive. Um, we're moving in a great direction. Um, and as you can see, as we go to the next pages, if you'll scroll down, um, 2021-01, the financial condition of the district, the growing concern. This is something that was cited by accreditors and has been cited for, I believe, the past three years. Um, a lot of it had to do with the fact that the district um, did not have a minimum unrestricted fund balance. Um, it also was related to the fact that the district um, was had a pattern of continuous um, unsustainable personnel and benefit expenditures, which we've begun the process of getting those back uh, in line with our revenues. Um, there were a number of things that were cited as a going concern. And as you can see from the context um, from the auditors in this material weakness, which was initially cited in 2018, um, we were charged, if you will, to find ways to decrease our salary costs, um, find ways to fund the reserve. Um, and we have been able over the past couple of years to do that. So 
Um, we also have been able to address that we are no longer doing deficit spending, um, that we are providing a balanced budget within the anticipated revenues. Um, we are actively monitoring this. And as you can see from the current status for this particular item, it's been implemented. We've implemented strategies to stabilization to ensure that we do have an adequate reserve. It is kept separate and apart from our regular operating expenditures, which is also one of the reasons why it's not seen on the general fund report because it's a separate fund balance and separate fund report. You will see it in our adoption budget documents for next year, tentative and adoption budget documents. So we've taken a number of measures to address all of the prior findings. Same for the self-insurance fund. Um, the self-insurance fund um, spent, we had roughly about $6 million of expenditures. Last year, we did make transfers at the end of the prior of last year and have a transfer scheduled for this year to ensure that we continue to have a fund balance to deal with our self-insurance fund items. Um, as you can see, this was a material weakness because we had an earning balance of 3.9 million, um, which was a deficit balance. It wasn't a positive balance. So we've resolved that issue. Um, if you will scroll down further, load banking. Um, load banking is when we have uh, faculty who basically teach overload. Um, and they are able to bank that load to have to be able to teach a lesser load in a future semester. Um, and we had an issue with recording that long-term liability and tracking it. Um, we've since resolved that. Um, one of the issues was that we did pay individuals for that work, but never uh, made sure that they went back to, or make we went back to make sure that they taught their required load at which we paid them. Um, this is one of the items that had come up for a couple years. Um, we've, again, we've resolved that. And there were a couple federal award findings. Um, we were uh, late a couple days on getting uh, a report for HERF, which we've also um, resolved. We also had some costs related to the indirect costs of the program um, that weren't necessarily calculated um, according to our negotiated indirect cost rate agreement with the federal government. So we had to revise that, um, implemented change for that. So for the most part, these items all from 2021 have been resolved. Uh, all of them are implemented and we will continue to work with the appropriate units and staff and management to ensure that these findings remain resolved and that we continue to have a clean audit in future years. So this is the other piece of good news I wanted to share with you this morning. Uh, we will have our auditors with us at our uh, February 16th board meeting to go over uh, any specifics that you may have regarding some of the numbers, their process, um, any questions you may have about uh, what did they review um, the significance of it, um, and then we can address and deal with any public concerns or comments at that point. But with that, um, I see Trustee Martinez. Uh, Vice President Martinez, I believe you may be muted. 
I just wanted to add a little bit of additional information on load banking because um, uh, both as a, an administrator and, and as a faculty who did load bank, um, uh, I did it the opposite way where I had an underload one semester and then had to teach an overload the following semester to make up my those units. And so that's something that the deans, the instructional deans, and the uh, and the uh, vice chancellor of instruction really have to be mindful of it. That has to be carefully, carefully monitored, monitored on the instructional side. And then I, I just had a question. Um, and if you if you'll notice, I'm I have to print a lot of these pages out so I can read them carefully. I just had a question on the very last page. It's 109 of the print version. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's just a question about the recommendation. Um, did this occur already? The governing board should hold an open uh, session public meeting where they take action. Well, you can read it there. Yes, we do. It's part, it's part of our process. We bring the adoption budget to the board. Uh, it's just a separate. Uh, I want to say it's a small public session that we hold to go over as we talk about the EPA account is part of the overall general fund budget. So we hold a separate public meeting to discuss it, uh, close it, and it's been adopted by the governing board. And we've done that for the past couple of years. Thank you. It wasn't clear from the way the text was written that that had already happened. So thank you for the yes. clarification. Mm -hmm. And that's it. I, I have no other questions. Oh, I do have one other. Sure. <laughs> Just because... In the, the and I have to look for it. Um, I got a little confused. Um, I think it was. Yeah. It had to do with AB eighty six, and so I uh, looked that up, and there are two AB eighty sixes. There's an AB 86, uh, and I believe it was back, um, I think around page 85. I don't have it in front of me. Okay. It's, it's mentioned on page 82, um, the, the online version anyway, I don't know how it prints yeah. out, that uh, AB 86 Adult Education Consortium. Yes, and uh, I when I looked at it, I, when I looked it up, there is an AB 86, which was an omnibus bill that had a lot of mention of the community colleges. And there was a more recent 2021 AB 86, which was about returning to school. And there was a small mention about the uh, community colleges. And it had to do, if I remember correctly, about uh, Cal Grant waivers. And so I was curious about which AB 86 of uh, that particular item was referring to. And I, I don't think it was this page. Um, without, let me, let me take, do a quick search. Okay, we have AB 86. There's funding that we received for adult education that's a right. part of our categorical program. Right. Um, 
So your question, we do, yeah, we do receive an allocation for adult ed. Right. From the state each year. Um, there was no, in terms of uh, any issues with how we utilize those funds or that program funding, right. um, there were no issues determined to have been found at all. Yeah, yeah, that, that was not really my question. I was just okay. asking for clarification on which AB 86 it was whether it was a 2021 version or the 2013-14 version. Uh, if I may jump in, Vice President Martinez, sure. it's the uh, latter. So it's the 2012-2013 version as it relates to uh, the creation of the adult ed uh, consortium that we are a part of with SF Unified. Okay, and so that, did that, uh, what, what's the interaction with that and the adult education program? I'm asking because I I had uh, I was given questions about that. I was asked questions about that, and I didn't know. I didn't know. Uh, certainly. Uh, so the uh, AB 86 uh, legislation created consortiums throughout right. the state of California because SF Unified and City College share uh, coterminous boundaries. We are uh, one and the same in respects to the consortium. Mm -hmm. uh, so the AB 86 really created the legislation that allows uh, SF Unified to operate with City College in the consortium model. Right, right, right. But does, did, the, uh, uh, did the adult education program funding, which I believe happened later than this, in the, still in the teens, but later than this, mm -hmm. is that part of that program or is it a distinct fund? So it, it is part of that program. Okay, thank you. Okay, so thank you. Clarify that that has to do with the 2013-14 uh, legislation and the adult education uh, uh, program is part of that fund. That is correct. Okay, thank you. Now I have the answers to the questions. Okay. All right. Well, that is all that I had for the subcommittee this morning, if there are no further questions. Any other questions questions from the the committee? All right, thank you so much, Vice Chancellor Alamine and Chancellor Martin for um, answering those questions. Thank you, Trustee Martinez. Um, we will now move to item five, which is future agenda items, and I'll turn to the committee. I'm really excited to hear um, from both of the trustees your um, thoughts on uh, important items uh, that we can put before this committee. In terms of our committee process, typically we've had three committees, the Student Success and Policy, Budget and Facilities, and the role of the committee is really to provide some um, opportunity for us to go into deeper dialogue about these items before bringing it before the full board and provide a, a recommendation of either support or not support. And so are there items that um, either Trustee Martinez, Trustee Solomon, that you would like to see uh, for this year? And I can't see the hands. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> so you guys can just unmute. I'm going to go for it. So whoever wants to go first, I'm sorry. Commissioner, uh, um, Trustee Martinez, why don't you go first? And then I'll okay. follow. Yeah. Um, I, I would like a better understanding of how um, the spending on uh, uh, the uh, categorical programs is... Um, is reflected. Uh, that's something that's always kind of been a, a, a mystery to me, unless I was actually in charge of a categorical program, and then I understood it. 
um, but I'd like to know a little bit more about uh, the uh, uh, the inter uh, the interplay between unrestricted and restricted. I understand what they both mean, but um, I, I don't know how it's reflected in the reporting that I see. Thank you. Did you? Um, so I have that as um, categorical pro programs, which I'm also very interested in as well. Um, Trustee uh, Martinez, so we can do sort of an overview of the, the spending as well as sort of our process around categorical funding. I think that would be excellent. Um, anything else? Do you wanna? No, that's it, thank you. Okay, uh, to Trustee Solomon. Thank you. I, I actually will just want to um, support uh, your idea, your suggestion at the beginning of this meeting, um, Chair Williams and yours, Trustee Martinez, that we have uh, an in-depth training on budget. With the potential of doing that, uh, the possibility of doing that with uh, any, you know, the public being able to be part of it as well, which I realize the public can always uh, come to our meetings. But I think that will be extremely helpful. Yeah, I know we've had town halls as well, so we could do like a download for us as a committee and then maybe schedule some town halls. This committee could host um, some town halls this year. Would that be, so I know it's yes. more work, work for us to organize, but I think it's important um, if we want to see some town halls happen this year for the budget. Absolutely. I love that idea. Okay. All right. All right. Um, anything, uh, Chancellor Martin, that you would like to present to the committee for the, uh, this year? Um, anything that you feel is important in terms of um, sort of training or other? And I see Trustee, I do see Trustee Martinez now. Uh, thank you, Chair Williams. I'll defer to Vice President Martinez. Vice President Martinez, apologies. Oh, you're muted. Nabbit. Okay, there we go. Um, uh, I, I'm very curious about um, the uh, reserve that we're required to have, um, as is mentioned in the audit report, and the state chancellor's office um, uh, suggesting that community college districts hold a larger reserve. And uh, I, I did view the, uh, the uh, video that was presented to us prior to the CCLC um, uh, meeting. Um, and it was done by the uh, CBO at Butte College uh, where, where he gave the context in terms of the years of recession and districts might, might, might be finding themselves uh, more vulnerable to um, uh, an uncertain economy. I would like to see something like that happen within the town hall that uh, perhaps within the town hall that trustee Solomon was talking about, because if that's a trend, then I think we as a college and all of our constituents within the college need to really understand what that's about and why and uh, how it works for larger co colleges, larger districts, compared to smaller districts because of, of some of the um, um, discussion I was hearing at other meetings, including the CCLC. Great, thank you, Trustee Martinez. I wrote that down. Uh, Chancellor Martin, did you have? 
Uh, no additional comments at this time. Uh, Chair Williams, just a point of order on the minutes. I, I did provide the incorrect date regarding the uh, date of board adoption on 8.01. It was at the November 10th uh, board meeting. So if anybody wants to go back and look at historical minutes, the November 10th, 2022 board meeting is when uh, the full board approved uh, the updated board policy. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Chancellor Martin. And I'll correct myself and say it's actually February 9th uh, for today um, for our board, um, our budget committee meeting. Um, time is flying. Uh, is there any additional uh, items for, I think these are all really great. I have categorical programs, overview. Uh, we would, as a committee, have in our own in-depth um, training around the principles and practice for the budget formation um, and management, and then um, town halls, budget town halls. We could have those in partnership. I believe Chancellor Martin, you did that last uh, budget cycle, but if you, with the budget committee, we could do that, um, try to schedule some together. Um, and maybe those could be even committee of the whole. I don't know. Maybe it's an idea to also bring to the full board to see who all wants to be involved with those, because I think it's really great. Um, and then the reserve amount and sort of this new requirement from the chancellor's office that we have to, um, and I'm, I'm a little confused. Is it the, if we take cert, the certain funding, the emergency funding that we have to increase that reserve, or is it just, is there some additional uh, requirement that's come out? Uh, if, if I may, Chair Williams, I think the latest uh, iteration of guidance from the chancellor's office at this time does not mandate uh, the increased level of reserves, but it did qualify that districts must have a policy in place to get to that point in the future to be eligible at this time for emergency funding. Uh, so a district without a policy to get to that higher level uh, would at this point technically not qualify for emergency funding if it was needed. Uh, that is my understanding of how we sit. Today. Got it. Got it. Great. So I think, and I know that the a number of trustees were interested in this as well. If we could talk about that road and what that would look like in terms of um, getting to those levels, because I know there were some concerns brought up around just kind of impacting impacts to other areas of our budget. Um, so that's a, another future item. And that also sounds like something that would maybe would be a discussion with the full board, but we could start the conversation here. Um, I don't have any particular items. I do like the in-depth training for our committee. And um, I am <laughs> excited to be your chair, surprise, uh, for, this, for this year and looking really uh, forward to working with both you, uh, Vice President Martinez and Trustee Solomon um, and your extensive experience um, in this area. So I'm just really excited to serve and is at this time, if there's no future um, agenda items, um, I'm gonna take public comment. Is there any public comment, Grace? We don't have public comments. All right, all righty. Well, at this time, I'll um, entertain a motion to adjourn. So moved. Okay, moved Second. by Trustee Solomon, uh, seconded by Vice President Martinez. Um, we are adjourned, or actually let's take the vote first. <laughs> adjourn. Um, Chair Williams. Aye. Trustee Solomon. Aye. Trustee Martinez. Aye. Motion carries. Thank you. We are now adjourned at 9.55 a.m. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye. -bye. Bye.